Another edition of Making Money Sets Sale with the financial coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager. I'm Gord Whitehead, retired broadcaster. I referred to you as the head coach admiringly last episode, Ron, and and I, I kind of got long-winded, and I you wanted to say something, and I don't know, maybe my ego will let you say it now. I don't know. Well, I, I just wanted to say, Gord, that uh, one of the reasons that we've done these shows together is is uh, you're one of the guys that has actually applied virtually all of these financial principles that we've talked about. And so you understand them. You uh, you never worked full-time in the financial industry. You were a broadcaster and probably the best one I ever met. But you will, you also took all these lessons to heart. So virtually everything that we've talked about, about using TFSAs and RSPs, and, and how to build diversified portfolios and don't chase uh, financially risky stuff with a big bulkier portfolio and how to diversify and all these topics, you know, not taking on too much debt and all the material that we've covered in the last 150 shows. Well, you've applied all those things. And so that's why we make a good partnership because you certainly have a lot of life experience, not only with you, but with your family and your friends. You've given a lot of good advice over the years, and so it's been great to team up with you. Well, I know that uh, over the years, Ron, we'd get together for lunch, and we'd sit there, and we'd talk, and have a glass of wine, and bounce ideas around. I always remember the one about Campbell's Soup. That's the one that pops into my mind, and, you know, we both agreed that well, if things get really tough, you can still feed your family a bowl of soup, right? Not a bit yeah. of bad company. It's had its ups and downs, but that's just an example of what of the way I always thought about things. Yeah, you know, you think about things that are going to have sustainable uh, sustainable demand over the long term. And if you can translate that into companies and, and businesses where you're buying the securities that they have sustainable and growing demand and they're virtually a monopoly and don't have a lot of competition, that is one of the keys to investing. And you understood that very, very early in your investment career. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Let's talk a little bit about surviving <laughs> the worst time of the year for a lot of people. We, we were chatting before we started recording today. There is a reason they call it Black Friday. And a lot of people, I don't think, realize what Black Friday means. That's the time of the year where companies actually go into the black, right? Yeah, especially retailers go into the black and they spend the rest of the year losing money. And from Black uh, Friday or, or, you know, it's different in every country, but it's usually the last six or, or seven weeks of the, 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 the financial year. That's where retailers make virtually all their profits. Why do they make all their profits? Well, uh, you have you have uh, Christmas and you have uh, Chinese New Year and you have the Wally and you have all these things where people gift each other. And of course, uh, retailers just love this time of year because the cash registers are ringing green and not red. And it's, it's every year people, not all people, but a lot of people tend to go a little too far. So how do we survive this financially then? Well, like you say, Gord, a lot of people, they get their financial bell rung at Christmas time and they dig themselves in so far they got such a huge financial hangover went on such a bender uh, that they don't dig themselves out till the the following year and they make a New Year's resolution of course that says I can't go on doing this to myself financially every year but 12 months down the road or 10 months down the road this is forgotten and they do it again so there's a reason why financial planners find that the busiest season 
is early in the new year because that's when all the bills start coming in from overspending and people realize that, hey, we, I've got to sit down and sort things out. So we've got a number of points here. We've actually got seven points here for you, which will help you uh, not get yourself in trouble at Christmas, and it'll help you survive Christmas financially and put you in far better shape. And we want you to be able to do it in a way where you're not restricting yourself to the point where it's it's taken all the novelty and fun out. But we want you to do it in a financially responsible way and to set realistic limits for yourself. Well, the first one is one that uh, I adhere to. And in full disclosure, I didn't get my head around this until just a few years ago but we had a sit down with the family with our sons and you know their significant others and we said okay time out here let's put a cap on this <laughs> let's say this is the amount you're going to spend and we even went so far as to doing the secret santa thing where we instead of buying gifts for everybody which was always a pain in the butt for me i never knew what to get everybody right so yeah. there are practical solutions to this you know, and so if you sit down with family and friends like you did and set a cap or realistic limits, because we're all very, very competitive. And, you know, you're always concerned that, well, if I get someone this gift and they give me a way, way nicer gift, it's kind of embarrassing when your gift isn't nearly as nice or as expensive as, uh, as another person on your gift giving list. So if you sit down with everybody I think you'll find that it's a, a it's a breath of fresh air because everybody has the same apprehensions at Christmas time that they're going to be trumped by someone else and it's going to be embarrassing when you start comparing gifts. It's almost a but, relief to do this. Yeah, and so if you if you set a cap on gifts, let's say you set a fifty dollar cap on 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 gifts among certain friends or a hundred dollars with family or you know if you're Donald Trump, maybe you, you cap it at a million bucks or whatever you do. Uh, at least it, it allows you to be able to budget then because then you can get back, go back and you, the competitive juices at Christmas time aren't going to take you to expend in excess of what you can actually afford. And it's going to take a lot of the stress out of it because you know that, well, I'm going to get a $30 gift. I'll give a $30 gift. And it, it just takes the pressure and stress out of the season because, I mean, that's what Christmas is for. It's not to be all, all uh, hyped up when you're you're sitting around the, the tree and you're totally embarrassed by uh, the value of the gift you gave comparison to the one you just got or vice versa. The last risk here too, the entertainment budget has to come into this as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Don't, don't go overboard buying champagne for everybody. There's a lot of components at work here, right? Yeah. So, you know, if you're having a, if you're having a, a you're going to someone's place for dinner and they're coming over to your place, we'll just, you know, just say, uh, you know, we're going to barbecue some chicken when you're coming over. Uh, don't uh, don't crack open a bottle of two hundred dollar uh, Dom Perignon or, or put fillets or, on the grill or anything. Yeah, put <laughs> fillets. Let's just keep it. Uh, let's just keep it simple and have fun. And it just takes a lot of the stress out of of trying to one up everybody. Because unfortunately, for many people, especially business people, where you've got to make an impression, and salespeople, you've got to make an impression. Well. Uh, you're so busy trying to one-up each other that you sort of miss the, the, the spirit of the season. 
Well, try to go with that age-old adage. It's not the gift that counts, it's the thought that counts. That that yeah. might make a difference as well. Should it be a good idea, Ron, to, through the, the dark months of the year from January, say, through until December, to throw a little bit of money into a pot every month and say, okay, I'm going to use this for Christmas this year? Well, then it, if you do that, the nice thing about it is that if you actually have resources saved, you're not going to have to dip hard into your credit card to um, – to pay for all these holiday expenses that come along and you know you'll know exactly how much you have to spend and it's going to be a little easier to stick to a budget because if you have no budget and it's just the 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 limit on your credit card is the only thing holding you back a lot of times you limit out on your credit card just as christmas ends and you spend the month of january in a total funk uh fearing to go to the mailbox every day because the or open your email because you're afraid the bill's going to arrive. And do some research on on the people that you're, you're buying gifts for. Get to know their lifestyle. I mean, I, I think mostly about family because that's usually who I exchange gifts with. You know, I got a couple of sons. One really likes to golf. Okay, I can get him golf balls, and I can get him a gift certificate to that place. Or other son is uh, more technologically involved. Maybe I get him a, a gift card from one of the technology shops. You can do a little homework here, right? Yeah, and then you actually end up giving people things that are uh, appreciated. Yeah, are they going to appreciate it? Are they going to find it useful? Yeah, so it, it, there's nothing worse than than looking at your visa bill at the at the end of the at the end of January and thinking back of all the useless stuff that you got and all the useless stuff you ended up giving, which politely gets put on a shelf or, or repurposed and sent to somebody else next year. So, you know, if you want it to have meaning, uh, spend a little bit of time within the budget figuring out what everybody wants. It's going to make it a lot more rewarding for you, and uh, it's not going to be so helter-skelter. Yeah, maybe do a little re-gifting, too. That's been known to happen, right? Yeah, if you find something that you don't want, I mean, if you've decided you're on a diet and somebody's given you uh, a $100 box of chocolates, well... Uh, take it over to somebody's place and uh, share it with them on New Year's. You know, there's ways to recycle this stuff, and, and frankly, many things aren't perishable. So they'll sit on the shelf, and if you've got enough people on your giving gift uh, list, you'll generally find someone that you can recycle a gift to, and it'll probably save you some money. And frankly, recycling the gift keeps it going from going in the trash can, too. Now, what about uh, if you have children or grandchildren there's there's ways to help them out financially here and and not beat yourself up while you're doing it, right? You know, the one thing that I would always uh, hear from people after Christmas is we spent all this money buying these things for our kids and grandkids, and the stuff is gathering dust in a closet, or it broke the second day, and uh, uh, it's piled up in the corner, and the kid doesn't use it anymore. But if you contribute to kids or grandkids educational savings plans or adults RSPs or TFSAs or you help their kids, you set up a fund for them for education or a down payment on a house, uh, these are gifts that will have a huge economic payback in the future. I mean, you take a kid at 18 and you put $100 into a tax-free savings account. You know, by the time that kid retires, that investment, if it's invested, uh, earning eight ten percent, it's worth thousands. Could easily, yeah, it could be is worth thousands of dollars. And frankly, you can have such an enormous impact on their future, especially at a young age, 
rather than giving them junk that's going to end up in the trash can within a couple months anyways, think about their future. I mean, uh, it isn't going to be as exciting on, on Christmas morning uh, when they, they, you, you tell them that you put money in their educational savings plan. You can still get them a small gift. But helping kids with their future is the best thing you can do for them, and it, and it has huge economic payback down the road. And this final one, as I know, that's something very near and dear to your heart, Ron. Uh, you have given a lot over the years to charity. Uh, it, it really is the time for, for giving and not getting, isn't it? Well, there again, if you, if you set your mind on it's just a, it's, it's just a retail race, you know, and, and I, I actually took something in to a, a store that I'd, I'd bought and was on Christmas Eve. And the store was still packed and with all these people that frankly looked totally haggard. You know, they had their cart and they had the long list of things that they were still trying to find. And I'm just thinking, you know, this is really, really a tough, a tough way when you, you, you come home on Christmas Eve and you pack everything and you're completely exhausted by the, the, the whole experience. Whereas, uh, you know, it's, it's, Whereas if you set something aside for the poor and less fortunate, it it just puts the the season in focus that it's a season for giving and not just getting. Yeah, that's why every year we have you know those people with the kettles out there for the Salvation Army and all the rest of it. It's not hard to slip a five dollar bill in there if you can, and it can make such a difference in somebody's life, right? Totally. Okay, there you go. Surviving Christmas financially. Uh, we just hope you survive Christmas period, and uh, we wish you all the best of the festive season. Ron, take this opportunity to thank our listeners of making money for sticking with us and hope they have a festive season that's enjoyable. And we will be back. Our next show is going to be on January 7th, and we are going to be talking about New Year's resolutions. We've all made lots of them. We've all bitterly looked back halfway through the year at how few of them we have actually kept. And we're going to try and find a methodology or ways to help you keep your resolution. So if you want to hear some tricks on, on how to follow through on your financial resolutions for 2022, uh, our January 7th show, you don't want to miss. So enjoy the festive break, my friend. We will talk again then. And on behalf of uh, Ron and myself, all the best of the festive season to you and yours. Thanks for joining us on Making Money. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.